You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. Summer's greetings. What you are about to listen to is a special episode of Living for the Cinema. We here at the Living for the Cinema studios will be taking a break over the next few weeks to get our proverbial batteries recharged. But we'll be okay, and we'll be back to releasing new episodes focusing on one movie per episode before the end of the month. In the meantime, our next two episodes will be going back through our catalog of more than 120 episodes. Wow, has it been that many? To rank the best needle drops so far. And just in case you weren't aware, best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film. Because as I have said before, music is essential to film. So there will be two separate episodes, one focusing on the top 10 best needle drops, which are song cues, and another episode focusing on the top 10 needle drops, which are score. And just to clarify, this episode focusing on songs will only include songs that have vocals that are not instrumental. If it's a song added to the soundtrack for a movie that is instrumental, then generally it serves as a score. And here we go. Number 10. The movie is Judas and the Black Messiah, and the song is Fight for You. Though this film, which takes place in the late 60s, is filled with some very good period music throughout, far be it from me to disagree with the Academy. There's a song which plays at the end of the movie, which won the Oscar last year for Best Original Song. It's called Fight for You, and it's from young R&B singer Gabriela Sarmiento Wilson, known professionally as Her, H-E-R, having everything revealed. And she started out just about five years ago and released her first album, Back of My Mind, in 2021. Her hails from California, and at the age of 24, achieved the rare feat of winning both her Oscar for this song and winning the Grammy for Best Song for a different one called I Can't Breathe, all within the same year. So clearly she's a talent to watch. And she has a nice sound. Most of her songs tend to be ballads, though I would not call her song for Judas a ballad. It's more mid-tempo and has a nice retro groove playing throughout with horns and light percussion. For an emotional tribute to a slain civil rights leader, and that would be Fred Hampton in this case, it's quite effective, but it also has a hopeful sound. Number 9. The movie is Running Scared. The song is Sweet Freedom. If any song was ever designed to just put you in a good mood, it's this one. Not only that, but it fits the sequence perfectly. Our heroes are clearly besides themselves with joy, just being able to get away from the snowy, grimy grind of Chicago for a couple weeks. And the contrast of Michael McDonald's soothing baritone with a boisterous horn section just nails the tone that these scenes are going for. Always searching for the real thing. 
Here's a bonus. There's an official video for this song featuring McDonald and the two stars, which you should definitely check out. We see McDonald singing the song in a beachfront bar before he's visited by Heinz and Crystal. And then we see them dancing around the bar and doing shtick for the camera. We even see them try to recreate one dual dance sequence from the movie White Nights at one point in the video. White Nights was a film that came out the year before with Gregory Hines and Mikhail Baryshnikov, where they're both ballet dancers. But the whole music video with the song playing, it's delightful. And it remains one of my favorite music videos. Number eight, The Spy Who Loved Me. The song is Nobody Does It Better. This also leads into a crazy underwater set opening credit sequence featuring what I consider to be the best Bond theme of them all. Though it's close between this and a couple of others. And that would be Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Just a gorgeous ballad featuring not only her impressive pipes, but lush piano and orchestration composed by Marvin Hamlish himself. Just the perfect sort of rousing romantic music to kick off such a sprawling adventure. Number seven, the movie is music and lyrics. The song is Way Back Into Love. Along those lines, this song actually ties for this category with the even more catchy ballad, which our heroes Alex and Sophie spend much of their runtime crafting together, and that would be Way Back Into Love. And a lovely ballad it is. It's actually initially sung by both Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore in a nice scene of them just rehearsing it before frantically racing to a nearby heliport in Manhattan to bring the demo CD to Cora so that she could check it out. It's a fun scene. Just a little bit louder, because this song is intended for humans, okay? Way back into love, take two. I've been living with a shadow I ever need them again someday I've been setting aside 
space in the corners of my mind. And later on in the movie, for the climax, we actually hear a more polished version of this duet at Cora's climactic Madison Square Garden concert, this time sung by Hugh Grant and Haley Bennett, who herself has a nice voice. Just such a sweet song with such a simple melody running throughout. Now, who actually wrote it in real life? Well, that would be Adam Schlesinger, who was the bassist and main songwriter for pop punk band Fountains of Wayne, who were best known for their catchy pop single, Stacy's Mom, from 2003. However, while playing with them, Schlesinger also built a parallel career crafting diegetic pop songs for movies. Diegetic meaning that these are songs actually performed by characters within the movie. And researching this, imagine my surprise to find out that Schlesinger also co-wrote and received an Oscar nomination for what is likely one of the best diegetic needle drops I have ever heard in a movie. That catchy pop single from the fictional band The Wonders, the title track for That Thing You Do, which came out in 96. Wow, so this guy was apparently quite the songwriter. That's an impressive track record. Sadly, Schlesinger passed away just two years ago at the age of 52 in New York, resulting from complications from COVID-19. Yep, he was actually one of the earliest casualties from the beginning of this pandemic, and he wasn't even that old. By all accounts, he was also in relatively good health before contracting the virus just two weeks before his untimely death. Just sad. R.I.P. to a truly talented musician, leaving a legacy of some truly lovely songs. Number six is the movie Slapshot, and the song is Get Right Back to Where We Started From. This category is a slam dunk, or sorry, actually a slap shot, thanks to a glorious contribution to the soundtrack from British R&B singer Maxine Nightingale. The song is right back where we started from, and we actually hear it at least three times throughout the movie. Once during an early bar sequence, later on while the team is on the road being followed by their enthusiastic traveling group of boosters, and finally during the end credits. It was actually released as Ms. Nightingale's highest charting single back in 1976 from her debut album of the same name. The song was a pretty big hit at the time, charting in the top 10 in both the UK and the US. And it's easy to see why. It's got a great fast-paced hook aided by a large rhythm section including two bass guitarists, horns, and even some strings which you hear during the bridge of the song. You think you're actually hearing clapping as part of the background sound, but it's actually just lively percussion. But, of course, it makes you want to clap. Nightingale's high-pitched vocals just nail the sweet, reassuring tone of this song, coinciding with some very sweet lyrics. Now, does it completely match up tonally with the generally mean-spirited, raucous vibe of this movie? Well, probably not. But no matter, as this song is just pure joy. It always puts a smile on my face. And last I checked, most comedies are still supposed to elicit smiles. Oh, 
Beyond that, this song has become so iconic and commonly associated with ice hockey that decades later, several professional hockey teams have begun to use it as a celebratory song to play on the PA whenever their team scores a goal or wins the game. Most famously, the New York Islanders, who now play it after every home win. Just a true banger of a song, and in my opinion, one of the best needle drops of the 1970s. Number five, the movie is Warrior. The song is about today. It doesn't even matter, though, because the last 10 minutes of this film, helped in no small part by a very stirring needle drop by rock band The National, it takes on a power which is undeniable. It remains one of the great endings. And if you let this film take you there, it becomes quite the ride. Now, about The National. I had never heard of this Ohio-based rock band before seeing this movie, but apparently I should have because they produced quite a stirring anthem for the conclusion of this film that just pretty much knocks me on my ass every time I see it and hear it. Now, I wouldn't dream of spoiling how this film ends, but needless to say, it's quite emotional. And even though much of the credit for how well this ending works is actually due to the raw performances of both our main stars, along with just the right notes from their co-stars as well, including Morrison and Nolte, with just a few glances on both of their faces in a few key moments. No, but what really nails this scene is the slow-building percussion of this song from drummer Brian Devendorf, the strumming acoustic guitars from Aaron Dessner, and the calm baritone of lead singer Matt Berninger as we see this final fight finally end, and then the song just builds and builds and builds. It's the only thing we really hear for the rest of the movie. There's no more dialogue, and the song just takes over as it becomes this cathartic wall of sound that takes us right to a final image of both brothers, and then roll credits. The song is called About Today. Number four, the movie is Inside Man, the song is Chaya Chaya. As effective as Terrence Blanchard's score is, this category is a no-brainer. We hear two remix versions of the same song play over the opening and closing credits. That song is Chaya Chaya. This is an Indian pop song from 98 by A.R. Rahman. And not only is this song super catchy, but it perfectly blends with the tone and swagger of our three main characters in this film. Over the opening credits, we hear the song play as we watch our van, filled with bank robbers, drive from Brooklyn into Lower Manhattan. It's just a genuinely inventive and attention-grabbing way to kick off the movie right after a POV monologue given by Clive Owens Dalton as he demurely tells the audience of his plan. And as if that wasn't cool enough, 
Then Spike even takes it further by playing the song again to cap off the end of the movie, but this time with a hip-hop overlay from a hip-hop artist, I believe his name is Punjabi MC, and over a credits roll of each major actor with their name over footage of them just hanging out. I love this. Going back to the 70s and 80s, when they would end more movies like this, such as the original Dune or Cannonball Run, I'm just such a sucker for this type of end credit sequence, where you see each of the actors and their name while the music's playing. This one is particularly pretty dazzling in that we not only see all the major stars, but we see all of the local New Yorkers, sort of actors, I think some of them were amateur actors, including folks like Kim Director, Al Patagonia, who apparently is a close personal friend of Spike's. He's not even really an actor, but he has a fun role in this. And he's appeared in several of his films. But needless to say, this film opens and closes in just a pitch-perfect manner, very much in part to the inclusion of this really catchy song. This is certainly among the best needle drops of the 2000s, And if I ever get around to doing an episode where I'm just ranking needle drops, this one would definitely be included. Number three, Saturday Night Fever. The song is You Should Be Dancing. Woo! Now, wow, take your pick. Take your pick. Because the reason this film works so well is literally... 50% music. This film just has a killer soundtrack. As I said, one of the best ever. Even the non-BG stuff is impressively used throughout. But if the use of one song stands out the most, it has to be You Should Be Dancing. This is the song playing while Tony does his show-stopping solo dance. This might even be the best needle drop of the 1970s for any film. So it's got to be You Should Be Dancing. Number two, Desperado. The song is Canción del Mariachi. Seeing as the main character is himself, a mariachi strutting around with a guitar case, you would have to assume that we would at least be treated to some great guitar music. And you would be right. The opening title sequence actually serves as a prologue as we see our protagonist during his glory days performing in front of a packed audience at a nightclub. Yes, it's actually Banderas himself singing. And he's got a pretty good voice. The backup band behind him is the legendary California rock band Los Lobos. They also wrote the song which we hear during this sequence, along with performing the score for the rest of the movie. Los Lobos. Wow. It's hard to imagine, but these guys have been doing this for almost 50 years now, as they first started performing back in 1973. Of course, a lot of folks, myself included, 
first noticed the band in the late 80s when they performed a memorable cover of the 1950s pop hit La Bamba for the biopic of the same name about Richie Valens. Just one of the great diegetic needle drops at the time. But back to the opening of Desperado. It's really quite the kick-ass sequence as we see Banderas not only energetically crooning, but even tapping on his guitar at one point to provide some percussion. And dude looks great, too, wearing a tight black suit, sporting boots with spurs, no less. One highlight is that in the middle of performing the song, we actually see him calmly walking across the bar, which has a giant guitar-shaped light behind it, as he sees a damsel in distress being threatened by some goon with a knife. Well, our hero just isn't having that, as he slightly bends down and knocks out the goon cold with the edge of his guitar. Boom. Great hero moment. The song is called Canción del Mariachi, and it's just such a fun way to kick off this shindig. Me gusta tocar guitarra, me gusta cantar el sol. El mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción. Me gusta tomar mis copas, agua ardiente es lo mejor. También el tequila blanco con su sal le da sabor. Ay, 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 mi amor. Ay, mi morena de mi corazón. Ay, 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 mi amor. Ay, mi morena de mi corazón. And number one, the movie is Jungle Fever, and the song is Living for the City. It had to be this one. And for this particular film, for this particular category, this is one of my personal favorite needle drops ever. In fact, this needle drop is so memorable that it's partially the inspiration for the name of this podcast. Amidst a soundtrack that's filled with several memorable songs from Stevie Wonder, because he actually performed a lot of original songs for the soundtrack of this movie, including the title track. This is my personal favorite choice. This would be one of his 70s classics, and it plays over a standout scene. The song is Living for the City. Get it? Living for the City, Living for the Cinema. Isn't that clever? This song is originally from his 1973 album, Inner Visions, which is a great album, by the way. And it plays over a sequence when Snipes' character, and just to let you know, Snipes' character in this movie, his name is Flipper Purify. That's his name. And hey, if anybody's going to pull off a guy named Flipper Purify, it's Wesley Snipes. So this scene takes place. He's looking for his brother, Gator, after he just found out that Gator stole his parents' TV. Flipper is venturing into very dark territory here, as he is directed to go to the, quote, Taj Mahal, that's what it's called, a nearby crack den, which seems to have taken over an entire abandoned apartment building nearby in Harlem. And as he ventures deeper into this hell on earth, the song just builds and builds and builds. It's one of Stevie Wonder's most angrier songs. It really starts to sound less like a Stevie Wonder song as it progresses. And it just nails the tone of this scene perfectly. This is a genuinely disturbing sequence, but it's balls out filmmaking on Spike's part. And this song just drives the sequence forward. And ever since hearing the song in this movie, despite this context, I just love this song. 
holding strong, moving in the right direction, living just enough, just enough for the city. And there you go. Wow, that was some good stuff. And yes, in case you had noticed, Spike Lee directed two of the top four films ranked. He's just that great of a filmmaker. So just to recap, the top 10 needle drops, which were songs, are in descending order. Number 10, Judas and the Black Messiah. The song was Fight For You. Number nine, Running Scared. The song was Sweet Freedom. Number eight, The Spy Who Loved Me. The song was Nobody Does It Better. And that was a tough pare down, trust me, because I would have loved to have included more James Bond themes. Number seven was the movie Music and Lyrics. The song was Way Back Into Love. Number six, Slapshot. Get right back to where we started from. Number five, Warrior, About Today. Number four, Inside Man, Chaya Chaya. Number three, Saturday Night Fever. The song is You Should Be Dancing. Number two, Desperado, Canción del Mariachi. And number one is the movie Jungle Fever. And the song is Living for the City by Stevie Wonder. This was fun. And I will include links for each of the episodes featured here in the description for this podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast. And follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.